do it. What is up, everybody, and welcome to your daily dose of reality. I'm Tyler. I'm Hunter. And today we got a cool one for you. We're doing the top 10 video game PR fails of all time. Uh, so video game marketing uh, it can be fascinating. Uh, Very fascinating. Some of the stuff they do is awesome. Like, I love watching the trailers and things like that. I love seeing the different promotional items they put out, uh, the different options for you to get for, like, new games, different P- yeah. like PR, uh, different pre-order bonuses, stuff like that. Uh, but there are times when they can become a disaster because they've done something wrong. <laughs> uh, so this today we're going to be talking about that, okay? Yeah. So number 10, we have Ocean Marketing. Uh, this is definitely a way to wreck your credibility and to really make some people mad. Uh, so <clears throat> for media relations and handling customers for the Avenger PS3 controller attachments in control, uh, employed the PR firm Ocean Marketing. Uh, unfortunately for them, uh, Ocean Marketing had an employee named Paul Christophero. Uh, he chose to berate a customer looking for information on an order, uh, which led to a very heated uh, Penny Arcade back and forth. Or sorry, back and forth with the Penny Arcade co-founder, Mike Krahulik. Mm. Uh, once it was made public, Ocean Marketing quickly dropped, was quickly dropped by InControl, but the damage was done. Uh, unfortunately, that product which was actually kind of interesting, was so tied up with these string of events that it didn't do well because of it. Yeah. So a company like In Control, who made a really cool PS3 controller attachment, failed because of a PR company who wanted to berate their customer. Jeez. So number nine, we have Skyrim's paid mods. Yeah. Uh, yep. Valve... Is bold. They always have been. Yeah. With a lot of endeavors. Uh, didn't really pan out this way, though. So in 2015, they unveiled what was going to be a paid mod feature on Steam for the game Skyrim, being the first one. Now, they were going to do multiple games. Skyrim was going to be the first one to test this feature. Uh, now, we're talking about people have to pay to get the mods on the game on Steam. <laughs> uh, this was objected a lot amongst gamers. Uh, they did not like it. They were very unhappy. Uh, a lot of problems also stemmed from a lack of oversight on Valve's part. Uh, these mods were going to be incredibly overpriced, uh, and a lot of them violated copyright content. Well, not only that, you know the reason they're doing that is because they're mad because... You got free ones out there that are better than well. This actually caused anything you can pay for. This actually caused Valve to lose that contract. Like they had to shut it down. Yeah. Um. Hopefully Bethesda's Creation Club that they have now, that's all the free mods and stuff for yeah. Skyrim and Fallout, doesn't make the same mistake. Because Valve used to have great like but, free mods. But doesn't Creation Club Creation Club to an extent? Creation Club will give you the option yeah. to buy the thing to make the mods if yeah. you don't have a way to do it yourself. Yeah. But downloading the mods, the mods are all free when you download. Yeah. You don't have to pay for them. The only thing you have to pay for is the the program to make them if you choose. Yeah. Don't have to use that program. It's just an option. And that was the right way to do it because you're giving them the option to pay for how they make them if they don't have their own program. Yeah. You're not making them pay for the mod itself. Yeah. 
Uh, so number eight, we have Redner and Duke Nukem Forever. So I love Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem, old Duke yeah. Nukem was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so everyone waited for Duke Nukem Forever. Uh, it finally released in June 2011. Massive negative reviews and disappointment. Because if I remember correctly, it sucked. It did. <laughs> uh, this was not a good sign for the game, okay? Or the series. Uh, it was made worse by marking representative Jim Redner. In a famous Twitter outburst, uh, he stated that his intentions to limit review copies of future games and represented by blacklisting any vocal critics of Duke Nukem Forever. Uh, he basically said that if you said Duke Nukem Forever was a bad game, you were blacklisted and you would not be able to review any future game. Any future game from... Who made Duke Nukem Forever? Uh, 2K. Yeah, that's... So 2K Games cut ties with his firm immediately. Yeah. PR. You don't yeah. want to be associated with someone who says something, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but even after they did so, the implications of his well, yeah, statement still lingered. It's already there. You're... It's already there and it's already out there. You yeah. did the best you could by breaking away, but unfortunately, it still will affect the outcome. Shadow of... Number seven. Yep. Shadow of Mordor forced brand deals. Uh, so certain YouTube personalities, uh, when Warner Brothers offered them pre-release copies of the game, they, they got really happy because they were going to get to review the game before it came out. The offer came with a, uh, stipulation. <laughs> they had to sign a contract that required them to withhold info about Warner Bros. directly sponsoring their videos on the game. So after a leaked copy of the contract began to make, that began to make the rounds, Warner Brothers would find itself investigated and exposed by the U.S. Federal Trade Commission. Because those practices are technically yeah. illegal. If you're being sponsored by someone, you have to have that out there. You can't yeah. keep it hidden. Warner yeah. Brothers didn't want people to know that they were sponsoring those games. Which or I, those videos. I, I don't get why. Uh, it's like insider trading. Yeah. Uh, That's the only thing I could think of. I couldn't understand any other reason why. And it's also, like, you got to think, these internet stars are basically selling this game. Yeah. Because they're playing it early, they're showing it off, they're bragging about it. Yeah. They're selling copies of this game. Yeah. But they're not telling people that they're being sponsored by the people who made the game. Yeah. It's kind of shady to sell a game under false pretenses. Well, that's what I'm saying. And I don't get... And I get it's insider trading and stuff. Kind of, but I don't get if I was a game a game company, I would want my name. I would, you know, I would want my name there because it's my game, right? And you don't gonna, want it's gonna make to me keep money it, exactly. So number six, the PSP wipe. Now, guys, we're we're using a list from a, another like we forgot news company, and I didn't give the source. It's Watch Mojo. This was their list. We're kind of going off on it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to read this one word for word because I did not know about this and this blows my mind. So number six is PSP White, okay? So it's hard to know sometimes if someone was intentionally aiming to seem racially insensitive or if they're just stupid. So Sony faced an issue in 2006, okay? Yeah. The company faced a lot of backlash from an ad in the Netherlands promoting the white variant of the PSP handheld system. It was basically a PSP that was white instead of black. Yeah. The advert in question, and I cannot believe I'm reading this, y'all, portrayed a white woman 
violently grasping a black woman by the jaw with the tagline, PlayStation Portable White is coming. What? I'm not even kidding. If I can find a picture of this, I will show you. How did that pa- uh, How did that pass the PR? I don't know. Uh, this gave the world the impression that Sony was completely ignorant. Uh, this marketing campaign was later pulled, and Sony did release a statement acknowledging people's concerns. But at that oh, point, the damage is done. Yeah, hold on, guys. I have to see this ad. I'm sorry. We're going to look this ad up real quick. because I, mean, I want a Y'all can't see it, but uh, I want us to see this so we can get our reaction for it. Oh, my Lord. That how did that get past that? Like how did the PR company go? This is a good idea. Yeah, this is a great idea. Guys, if you have time, go on Google and type in PSP white ad and just look at this ad. I cannot believe that this made it past the PR representative who went, "Good idea." <laughs> right? I'm like I'm, this I'm just blows P- my mind. I'm the PR desk teller. You hand that to me and I'm just like you're fired immediately. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're fired immediately at that yeah. point. I'm not going to allow that. That is stupid. Oh, my Lord. Sorry, guys. That was a tangent. I could not believe that that was actually a thing. You lay that on my feet. And look at this. Artist. I'm not. This is a billboard. Yeah. So this made it to the public. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. I cannot believe that, y'all. Anyways, we're going to move to the next one now. Look that up if you have time, though. Yeah. Number five, fake bomb for watchdogs. I read that line, <laughs> and I need to know, because I was reading so, it a little bit. The Australian news site, 9MSN, received a shock when uh, Safe was sent to one of their reporters, along with a note saying to check their voicemail. <laughs> uh, they tried to open the safe. It started beeping. Oh, they had to call a bomb disposal unit to disarm it. But it turned out the whole thing was a hoax. Inside the bomb was a copy of Ubisoft's 2014 game Watch Dogs, accompanied by assortment sort of promotional items. Ubisoft had apparently not anticipated that the safe, or the cryptic instructions for opening it, could be misconstrued as they had no malicious intentions. <laughs> yes, let's send a safe to a news company that starts beeping when you try to open it and not tell them what it is. That's a great PR thing, though. I can't even hate on Oh, that. I can't either, but I... still, like, why? Why? Oh, I read the, not the one we're about to do, but the next one down, and I remember watching that. So, nin- number four, Nintendo V Let's Players. Yeah. So, some days it's great to be the fun, traditional, you know, game maker in the industry, right? This is not one of those. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo struggled to adapt to the nature of Let's Play video game content beginning in 2013. Uh, the company said that they intended to claim all ad revenue on anyone doing videos on Nintendo games. I anyone. Remember I remember when this happened. Uh, public outcry led Nintendo to discontinue that practice very quickly, uh, but it didn't stop them from establishing the creator program two years later. Uh, this program was affiliate-based, and it ensured Nintendo earned some of the ad profits on any Let's Play on a Nintendo game. Now they've stopped that completely because I see them everywhere. Yeah, you see it a lot now, but when this first happened, it left a lot of people wondering if Nintendo was just not able to change alongside everyone else. Yeah. Like, I remember when this happened, and it was a big Because deal. you know what the funny thing is? Now, now, companies... I saw big-time YouTubers getting rid of their Nintendo stuff because they yeah. could not do videos on it. I saw... Now you have game companies 
that make a setting in their game for streamers and content creators just so just so they can do it they can do it most new games now have a streaming mode in them yeah and back in the day that you had to go in and turn the music down yourself you had to you had to do everything yeah all right guys number three i remember hunter hunter remembered this one i remembered it too uh this was actually around the same time as the nintendo thing in 2013 yeah i remember seeing this i didn't watch it live i saw it uh a couple years after if you've not figured out what we're talking about yet guys uh number three is revealing of the xbox one (laughs) uh so the early days in a console's promotion are very big uh success requires on wording establishing of goodwill uh between customers and you know manufacturers uh you don't you don't want a heavy-handed touch you want it to be really kind of light and being like hey like what ps4 did whenever they announced the ps4 yeah. Sony was smart about that. Yeah. The way they advertised it was smart. Yeah. Uh, Xbox, Microsoft did not do that. Uh, Microsoft decided to host a press conference a month before E3 to generate interest in the upcoming Xbox One console. Yeah. Uh, the event focused more on the Xbox One streaming and social media features than on anything <laughs> gaming related. <laughs> uh, it also revealed a myriad of potential problems with the console itself. Uh, this was, ranged from the fact that it always had to be online. Uh, the price point, because whenever they first announced it, their price point was high. It was like $700 or something yeah. like that. Now, obviously, they dropped that before they released it, but and, still. And now they have some of the most budget-friendly systems. Because of how bad this was received, though, almost every aspect of the Xbox One, as advertised, had to be walked back and reversed before it could be released a few months later. <laughs> so so they in the workshop and they're going hey we gotta reverse this what do you guys think will be a good idea <laughs> this so uh number two the psn security breach of 2011 which we covered this we covered this in a previous video actually i think it was the last video. video no 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 or the one before video before that or sorry podcast not video or uh but we covered this recently last not this last podcast but the one before so in april 20th 2011 Sony shut down a lot of their uh, services of the PlayStation Network on the grounds that it was conducting maintenance. Air quotes. Uh, Six days later, Sony revealed the truth that their network had been hacked and the personal info of 77 million users had been compromised. Understandably, this led to a lot of government officials criticizing them and throwing the book at them and demanding answers. If Sony had come out the day that it happened and said, this happened, guys, we're working to fix it, don't freak out, we'll get it back, would have been a lot better than six days later going, oh, yeah, you know that maintenance we were doing? By the way. By the way, that wasn't actually maintenance. We had to fix a couple firewall issues because somebody broke through and stole your stuff. I'm sorry. This actually. So sorry. This really (laughs) hurt Sony during the PS3. Well, yeah, because they were not able to, and don't get me wrong, PS3 is a fantastic. The good thing is, I but they were not able to. I didn't have a PS3 until after all that, so I was good. Never had a PS3. Really? Yeah, never owned one. I have. There's PS3 games I'd like to play, but I just never. I own a PS2. I have a PS4. I've had a PS3. I've had a Wii. I've had everything but the handheld stuff. And some of the early, early systems. 
that I wasn't born for. You ready for number one? Yeah. Konami. Just Konami. Uh, so I'm just going to read this word for Wait, word, guys. This is Metal Gear guy, right? The Well, it's the company behind Metal Gear. Yeah. So those present at E3 2010 may have felt Konami's bizarre tone-deaf presentation was the pinnacle of misguided public relations. No. It'd be in 2015, uh, which presented us with the depth of their self-destructive ways, okay? Uh, began with rumors that the company had driven the acclaimed director and developer Hideo Kojima to leave the company. I watched that one. What yeah. They do? Uh, this was followed by a, as Watch Mojo put it, a Congo line of terrible moments, <laughs> such as leaks pointing to a hostile work culture, uh, the company deciding to turn their beloved franchises into pachinko machines. <laughs> and then you add to this their refusal to allow Kojima to appear at the Game Awards and the announcement of Metal Gear Survive. Oh. One of the worst Metal Gears ever made. Became clear that Konami, as a brand, is more than likely beyond redemption. Which is sad, because Konami yeah. put out some of the best games years ago. Yeah. Is but now like... we have Hideo Kojima working for other companies and still giving us amazing games. Yeah. So, haha, Konami's lost. Creepy games, but... But still well made. He puts work into his games. Yeah. And guys, also, we got a few honorable mentions. Uh, and in fact, we got about 15 minutes, so I'm just going to go ahead and look these up, and we're going to go ahead and talk about them a little bit. So our first one we have is Sony at E3 20, or 2006. So go ahead and open up this little thing right here. And apparently I can't. So I'm going to find a breakdown of this real quick. Uh, Sony E3 26, 2006, 2006 press conference, okay? Uh, it focused on the burgeoning world of next-generation gaming and the shiny new PlayStation 3. Uh, they literally barely talked about anything. Uh, so uh, by 4 p.m., rumors are flying with all of those building as to what will be shown, but no one had yet, entered, yet to enter the building. Uh, 405, the event is late. Everyone's still getting onto the floor, talk among, talking among everyone, trying to figure out what's going on. 410, everybody's still getting in, late. Uh, 420, nothing. 421, we apologize about making a 420 joke. 425, <laughs> the event is officially running late. 25 minutes after it was supposed to start, okay? PS3 setup displayed on stage at 4.50 p.m. The event began. Sony Computer Entertainment President and COO Kaz Harai took the stage. PlayStation 3 is more than a generation leap for him. It's a quantum leap for PlayStation and it's freedom, as he stated. 4.55 p.m. He dug on his opponents. PlayStation is not interested in gimmicks, believes the next generation of gaming does not begin until PS3 arrives. He basically <laughs> crapped on Xbox. Yeah. Uh, 4.58, he promised that PlayStation 2 would be around for many years to come with an amazing lineup of titles. That actually happened. PlayStation 2 continued for many years. Yeah. I think their last game came out in 2012. Or yeah. something like that. Uh, 5 p.m., they talked about PSP. Basically, the fact that they had a PSP coming out. It was supposedly a portable play to rival the PS2. Yeah. Uh, it is the fastest selling system in Sony history. I remember when the PSP was everybody's like handheld thing. Right. 
then they showed the game reel for the PSP. Ape Academy 2, Planet PSP, Killzone Liberation, B-Boy, Loco Roco, Gangs of London, and Dark Mirror. Oh, and World Tour Soccer 2. Because apparently one, people wanted that. Gangs of London was supposed to be their flagship yeah, it didn't of the do well. PSP. It was supposed to show off like everything 507. the little thing could do. They did a Times Square video reel of kids on the street talking about PlayStation. <laughs> then people from cities all over the world. This, uh, had, this all culminated in 509, the PlayStation 3. This had to be the worst E3. It really was. Ever. Uh, so they stated that every PlayStation 3 would ship with a hard disk drive. Uh, apparently there would be no delay. More than 10,000 kits with final kits rolling out now. And some of the PS3 games shown at E3 will be on the final real-time kits. These were their, like, pre-sale kits for people to test. Yeah. Uh, at 517, Phil Harrison of SCE Worldwide took the stage uh, to show their games. They showed GTA 4 and Gran Turismo. And I don't think they showed anything else. They had a joke reel that showed the difference between GT1 and GT4. Gran Turismo, I guess. Uh, then back to GT HD, Gran Turismo. Uh, then they showed Gran Turismo HD again with the Grand Canyon level. This went on for about 40 minutes. <laughs> then he came on stage again to remind people that Gran Turismo was just the start. Then they talked about the eye toy, which flopped. That's just my opinion, though. Uh, then they talked about PSP e-distribution. Uh, have a, has a PS1 game already downloaded to memory stick for PSP. Plays it right in front of our eyes. Uh, basically didn't show it actually happened. Microtransactions. He took the stage again. Uh, the PS3 interface was shown. SingStar was shown. Genji 2 was shown. Formula 1 was shown. Heavenly Sword was, Sword was shown. Heavenly Sword was the first thing that was actually kind of cool. Basically, their whole thing was trying to push uh, that console. They didn't really talk about anything else. For three hours. And it was late to begin with. And it was late. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, it was kind of embarrassing, I guess. Just even talking about that E3 conference took time off my life. It was very not like them, I guess you could say. Because you got to think, PlayStation was like the big one, you know? Yeah. And to have that be their conference, it was kind of a letdown. Now they don't even do one, surprisingly. Right? Well, now they do their own conference. That they're late to that, too. <laughs> You right. beat me to the joke, <laughs> So this is another one. When Homefront came out, the balloon stunt. Their balloons apparently were biodegradable. So this was a promotion for THQ's Homefront that landed the publisher. The original, correct? The first one, yes. Okay. Landed the publisher in lukewarm water. So THQ attempted to grab the attention of GDC attendees by releasing hundreds of red balloons into the San Francisco skyline. Backfired shortly thereafter when the balloons settled in mass in the water around the San Francisco Bay Bridge. Uh, possibly breaking a lot of legal codes and definitely the hearts of California environmentalists. Uh, soon after the balloons fell to Earth, THQ was attacked on all fronts by Facebookers, Twitters, and activists who responded as if the entire THQ staff had personally taken a dump in the city's sacred waters. 
Facebookers and Twitters. I love how you right how you uh uh one sternly worded letter sent to a local GameStop uh read the idiots in your marketing department released hundreds of red balloons to promote a video game at GDC. Now those balloons are trash in the bay. What are you going to do about it? Do you have a boat out there collecting the trash? Though the GameStop name adorned the balloons, the local retailer quickly distanced itself. Uh, in a statement to the press, it claimed that we understand the concerns consumers have regarding the balloons. Uh, however, the balloon drop stunt in San Francisco was created by THQ. Uh, GameStop had no prior knowledge of it. THQ issued its own statement, explaining that the balloons released at the Homefront rally were made from 100% organic product and 100% perfectly biodegradable. The balloons have no history of causing any environmental pollution on land or in water. Although we're confident that they will be no harm to the environment, we've retained a cleanup crew to remove any potential lingering debris. I mean... So the organic biodegradable balloons were organic and biodegradable and cleaned up. But despite their apologies, a representative from the California Department of Fish and Game alluded to the chance that THQ might be prosecuted for breaking the California Fish and Game Code 5652, which clearly states the act of littering balloons into the waters is a legal no-no. All I have to say to this is it's California. Yes, but I can also see people being upset about that. When you think about a rubber balloon going into the water, I don't think a rubber balloon as degradable. Do you? I mean, I don't think it would be, but when people mess up, I mean... And our number one of uh, the honorable mentions was the Dante's Inferno fake protest. Electronic Arts staged a protest of Dante's Inferno at E3 as a fake marketing stunt. They hired people to wave signs and hand out pamphlets and pretend protest that EA was going to burn in hell for making a game about it. It's Electronic Arts. I'm not really? Sure. I'm not surprised because it's EA, but that's still a little bit kind of like... I get what they were trying to do. You don't even have to finish that. I'm not going to finish that. That just hurt to read. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how that wasn't on the list to begin with. <laughs> but, guys, that that's the list. Uh, some of those I knew about. I'm still in shock about that PSP ad. <laughs> that blows my mind. I don't know why that's not Dante's higher. Dante's Inferno. The Dante's Inferno one is messed up. But the PSP ad, I don't know how that didn't end up higher on the list. Well, didn't you say it was like Den uh, Denmark or Norway or Netherlands? It was the Netherlands. Sorry. It must have got past a PR disc. Had easily. to, uh, but that just blows my mind. But anyways, guys, that's that's all we have for today. That's yeah, been that, a daily dose of reality. That was funny. That that was hilarious. But anyway, guys, we'll see you guys next later. week. Stay tuned. God bless. See you. what we'll come up with then. Have a good one. Have a good one, Gus.